0: Star
1: Welcome to your Making It Worse. We're here, we're queer, who cares? I'm Elliot Glazer. And I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. Textual healing. So uh, President Trump tweeted out some great news. He said, great news today. My administration—this is like so clearly not written by Trump. Great news today. My administration just <laughs> secured a historic donation of HIV prevention drugs from Gilead to help expand access to PrEP for the uninsured and those at risk. Will help us achieve our goal of ending the HIV epidemic in America, uh, which is— uh, ostensibly good news, but I would; those are not and words it's, that... It's something that he mentioned in his State of the Union as mm. a policy initiative. Okay, so Gilead, which makes PrEP, said they would provide the CDC up to 2.4 million bottles annually of Truvada to direct to communities with high-risk populations, and that they're giving them enough HIV prevention medication to treat 200,000 at-risk people each year for 11 years. So, hmm? that's pretty great. Yeah, it sounds great, doesn't it? It sounds great. Let me tear
2: it down. Uh, so, so, um, OK, that the amount of drugs that will be provided to people roughly covers 20 percent of the people who need it currently, which I mean, 20 percent, 20 percent. I wish it was 100 percent, of course. Um, We're but, talking about PrEP here prep, pretty much. Yes. Yeah. And and uh, but it is still just 20 percent. So it's not massive, but it is something that said um, it The real thing that's happening here is the Trump administration is in bed with Gilead, a massive pharmaceutical company. And Gilead owns the patent to to Truvada, which is the drug that is a part of prep, which is the process the drug is administered. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the 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 patent that it currently has is, it's not gonna run out or anything, but it's it's gonna become um generic soon. And a new product will be entered into the market so that it will people will shift from taking the name brand Truvada into taking the generic, the generic brand which in is this, cheaper which is cheaper but, but it's not
1: made by Gilead?
2: It is made by Gilead, but okay. oh, wait. So what they're trying to do is, oftentimes, when generic drugs are introduced into the market after the there's a period of time. I think it's like a two year waiting period after a drug is introduced that it can become a generic drug, unless the government decides it's an important drug that should be introduced immediately. Um, that generic company companies, primarily in India, will start making these generic drugs and providing them to across the world, basically. And because India, um, it's really cheap to make all of the drugs right. there. That Gilead. Competes with these generic drug makers in India if it's an open market and they can pay for the patent, they can go and they can do whatever they want with it. And they're trying to prevent India from getting in on this market because currently Truvada costs twenty thousand dollars a year for one person for patient. Per pa- yeah, right. Per patient patients. to take. Um, it costs. Do you, you want to take a guess on how much it costs to make Truvada to make some uh, a dose of Truvada for a year for one person?
1: How much it costs to make one dose? Just throw do- out some numbers. Give me some numbers. Dose. Uh dose. 500 bucks. Okay. Uh, 1,500 bucks. Oh, well, guess what, guys?
2: $60. Yeah. It takes $60 to make this drug, yet Gilead charges $20,000 for a person to receive it. Doesn't huh. make sense. Now... By the Trump administration getting in bed and ensuring that the majority – or not the majority, but a certain portion of the market will be getting Gilead generic drugs, Gilead drugs. It'll be bypassing this pharmaceutical companies in India from actually getting low-cost Truvada to people who need it in this country. Wait, I'm sorry. Can
3: you clarify why – so with Gilead giving – like like you said, twenty percent of the people in need this drug at low cost. Why would that still uh, impact in these India generic drug manufacturers? Because abilities? then
2: the the distributors would have to be providing Gilead drugs if the, through these places that are offering these discounted and donated Gilead drugs as well. So it's it's a part of the deal with Gilead makes with pharmacies, with clinics, with hospitals around the country i mean it's a part of this whole system to ensure that the drug remains at the cost that it is for 80 or majority of the people who receive the drug so the they want wise. they
1: want to keep the price tag up they want to keep the price tag as
2: high as possible because india is gonna allow it to be you know a hundred some dollars because they they can mass produce it and india is already providing the, uh, the generic truvada to all over to parts of africa that can that, it that, is? That, yes india is providing this drug But yet we can't get it because Gilead wants to make sure that we as queer people, the targeted audience that needs this drug pays pays $20,000 and and because we are of means or whatever, we can pay the $20,000 a year. To huh, get it through our insurance, insurance plans right, and right, stuff right.
1: because the insurance right. will pay it out, and Gilead wants the insurance companies to pay that out. Then, what does that mean in terms of the the Trump rhetoric? Well, what it means is
2: that Donald Trump is able to say we've done something to for AIDS, which he has. It is helping twenty percent. It will. I, right. I I I'm I'm a little concerned with the influence of big pharma in the Trump administration and in pushing this initiative because it isn't necessarily a means to help queer people especially at risk queer people primarily people of color and women of color especially but also we're talking about IV drug users we're talking there's so many areas we're talking about here it's not just queer and are they getting these to the clinics and to the hospitals and to the service the aid service organizations that need it yeah how how, how would we i mean how do we even that need... hasn't been determined but it is through Gilead so it is not to the Trump administration so that that's the, that's the flip around Gilead is the one donating the drugs right to the areas providing the drugs i'm still i'm still i need a little clarification so this uh
3: this is a part of a deal that gilead has with with the federal government with the federal government which is ensuring that i don't I, i don't understand how so It it, what seven years, a a drug, a a drug becomes capable of being manufactured for generic.
2: I mean, it it varies, but it's like two to three year window where a drug goes from being name brand to generic. OK, where it can be in the open market. Right.
3: Why is this charitable, quote, donation or Mm -hmm. this? Yeah. The charitable donation of these of these medications. Why does that mean that other companies, other generic manufacturers cannot You said it's a a part of the deal that the government struck? Does it have
2: to be Gilead? It's Gilead who's going to be providing these. So Gilead is the primary provider of Truvada. And so these these, uh, pharmacies, aid service organizations, they are also getting grants from the government, getting things. And there are stipulations with those grants. And one of those stipulations with Truvada is that it has to come through Gilead. Uh huh. And, and the
3: federal government exactly. Is, so yeah, like yeah, yeah. Kaiser, for
2: example, my my insurance. I have Kaiser Permanente. I'm part of the Kaiser Family Foundation, and through through um, Kaiser, I can get Truvada. Now with Truvada, I can only get Truvada. I can't get the generic. They do not provide the India generic, even though it is available. Not yet in the open market in the United States. But even when it is, they won't be providing it because they have they are exclusively getting their drug. Through Gilead, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I only can get the Gilead drug now. If I don't meet the financial restraints of to get the donated amount, then I'm paying the copay for whatever that is, depending upon the type of insurance that I have. Mm-hmm. Regardless, Gilead is going to get that twenty thousand dollars, or when Gilead introduces the generic down the line, it's going to get the twelve thousand dollars or whatever, as opposed to this India company. Who I don't know the motives of the India company. I don't. I don't. That I'm not well versed on the international pharma pharmaceutical industry, but. I will say as a consumer as someone who does take medication I don't take I'm not on Truvada but as someone who does take medication regularly and who's gone through cancer and knows about healthcare costs the access to affordable healthcare is paramount in a country that does not provide insurance universal coverage of insurance and The major thing people, sure, they're upset about their insurance and insurance prices going up, but they're mostly upset about drug prices going up. I mean, we're talking about like an EpiPen in this country went from costing five dollars just a couple of years ago to costing hundreds of dollars Mm, this year. And it's it's insane what's going on in this country. And it's all because pharmaceutical companies are gouging. Gouging hospitals and hospitals are fighting it, but they don't have much leeway because right. they, they're they not only are they beholden to federal grants and the stipulations of federal grants, but they're also beholden to to the board, a corporate board who also wear the corporate board. A lot of them are in big pharmaceutical companies.
1: Right. So Then what then what is I mean, what is an alternative? They're pushing the agenda in a positive direction, but it but it takes a critical eye to understand that there's more um, bureaucracy at play. Well, fundamentally... I mean, what, what, the, what, were, what is like a good... What, what are we supposed to do? What yeah, the best fundamentally, I mean, in my opinion, what should
2: have done and what should have been done years ago under the Obama administration is it should have been seen that HIV and the rates of HIV, even though it isn't at epidemic levels at this currently, there is a solution. Truvada is a solution for people who aren't infected with the HIV virus. And if we have the means to protect a certain population of people who are at risk of getting hiv then we need to make sure that the drug just like birth control is available under uh, uh under obamacare for free if that population needs this drug to sustain not being infected then the federal government should declare declare this a uh, health emergency or whatever they have to do there's some declaration that the federal government can make to say yo gilead we're taking this over now. And by the way, I mean, this is this the, the community needs this community centers need this just like they did with birth birth control or with the pill. Like people need
1: access to this. I mean, this is so, this Medicaid. I mean, PrEP is so wildly um, uh, ground groundbreaking you know for for the people for for the community that needs it yeah. you know and that's and i'm and that's like people who have money and that's people who don't have money but across the board it's like it's revolutionized it is sex and- for 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 the gay community in a way that birth control did for women. And you can have a larger
2: conversation about the impacts that it has on the community and how the community is using it. And that's a whole separate conversation. But fundamentally, what it's about is blocking the HIV virus and getting it to the people who need it, primarily people of color, queer people of color and queer people in general. And those three communities, and drug users, those four communities need it more than anybody else. And if the federal government is going to declare it an emergency to make this drug accessible to everybody at at least an affordable rate, they need to make sure that the that gilead isn't gouging the customer why should a drug cost twenty thousand dollars a year if it costs sixty dollars to make uh has the has the federal government ever done that with a drug in the past birth control how long did that – do you know how long it took for them to – I don't know how long that took. But birth control, they used – I mean, pharmaceutical companies did try to work their way around birth control. But yet the federal government, over the years – this wasn't easy. But now even – I mean, it was only until Obamacare that it became possible for um, birth control to be – under Obamacare to be on like to be as part of a generic plan that you get under Obamacare yeah. because it is seen as a is a, a life need just like you know under if you're on Obamacare um, or if you have your state's insurance plan uh, like states um, Obamacare type insurance plan then a, a visit to your general practitioner is just covered because.
1: It's, he- it's your health. It's your, it's your health. It's what health. You're a human being. Exactly. Right.
2: And there are certain things that fall under that. And for if you are a part of this community and your doctor, your 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 general doctor declares that you are an at risk person for contracting the HIV virus, then you should be given this drug. Mm-hmm. Just like if you have an allergy to something, you need an EpiPin to prevent right. yourself from dying of something. And it needs to be provided and not cost six hundred dollars.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can tell that the tweet um, by Trump, you can tell that it's not by him because everything is spelled correctly and he's not attacking anybody. Yeah. yeah. And I will, the, the um, Gin Cates quote
2: that we have here from the Kaiser Family Foundation <laughs> um, is, she said, I'll just say this because I think it's important. While this is something pharmaceu- pharmaceutical companies have done to help combat HIV globally, it hasn't recently been done domestically in terms of lowering prices. Uh, and then she also said, while Gilead's donation should help boost access to treatment, it doesn't address the underlying. underlying Price. Pri- underlying price issues at play, and that is huge. That is everything. I mean, I, well, I, maybe I should say this too, because I, I, I feel like it's really easy to shit on him for everything. And I, I will say, even though it is twenty percent, and even though he's in bed with Gilead, it is a good, good thing. Yeah, it's it's good. a yeah. good it's thing good. to be able to work out a means for people to get the drugs. I just hope the people who desperately need it and the financial situations that are in need of this drug actually get it. What if you become
1: a Trump supporter over this? I won't. (laughs) There's no way. There's no way. You'd look good in a red hat. I would. I look great (laughs) in red.
2: Not even joking. You guys, we have such a special, special. literally <laughs> special guest today. Uh, he and I go way back, but from our Thought Catalog days, we both <laughs> used to be writers on <laughs> Thought Catalog uh, uh, Draft. With, I don't know if you got in as much trouble as I did sometimes. <laughs> oh, with my you got in stuff. trouble. I think I got in. You get in trouble too. Wait, how'd you get
3: in trouble? Uh, I, don't I, know. I got for let's, some
2: of the things I wrote. I got in trouble. First, but first of but let's say it's, yeah, Ryan it's Ryan O'Connell. Ryan O'Connell. Sorry, Ryan O'Connell, Everyone yes. <laughs> hey, from <Ryan>. Netflix's special. <laughs>
0: Hi, thank you for having.
2: me. You definitely got in trouble. Did you ever get in trouble for anything you wrote on Thought Catalog? No. No,
0: I mean, my brain was a, poisonous like place, but it wasn't that bad. Yeah, yeah. I, you know I, I just mean? I just
2: wrote some pretty controversial things, You I did? Think. Yeah. I, that's like, I can't I don't understand that. Like, what? Well, it was like cancer stuff. and How like was some that controversial queer stuff. I don't were know. You? you talk about certain Were you pro-cancer? Cancer. Yes, I was pro-cancer. Yeah, you were. You were like, please. I wanted, to, I wanted no one to be vaccinated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally. I, that's yeah, always, really, been yeah. that's uh-huh. always been your stance. That's always been your stance. But yeah, so, but from there you have gone on to be a very successful television writer. Oh, thank and you. And now you're a very successful television... Star. Okay, okay, wow. slow it
0: Look down, slow it Look down, we're going too fast. He's <laughs> the creator?
2: <laughs>
1: writer and star of Special on Netflix. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you so much, you guys. Uh, it's a Thank great you. show. Thank you. Really Thank great. Thank you. She and it's, tried. Been, I'm sh- it's you've been doing, like uh, Alan said, was, you've been doing so, a lot of press. Yeah. Gotten a lot of positive feedback and adulations. Yeah. What's the yeah. most uncomfortable question someone's asked you? <laughs>
0: um, I haven't gotten it yet. Oh, I'm really? Being ser- I'm being serious. Like, no. There was this one time, like... we well, you might s- today. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, I was really, really waiting for it, because I think disability is tricky, and I don't think people know what to t- how to talk talk. talk about it so I was really like looking for a foot and mouth moment Mm -hmm. but um none tell us about the show uh okay my show is loosely based on my life and it is about a gay disabled 28 year old who's not like Loving his life He lives at home With his mom He has no fronds No love interests And then he Starts an intern Oh then he gets hit By a car Which he's like Really like, Really 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 um, But then he Starts his internship And everyone assumes His limp is from His car accident And he never Bothers to correct them Because in his mind uh, Being an exit victim Is VV relatable And CP is not
2: Yeah, yeah <laughs> Is that it right. Is that it That I'm pretty like, much Sums it up Okay, okay. I'm like yeah, on, I'm And like the show zombie. is based On the very successful Book that you wrote uh, about Very it. successful It sold two copies yeah. Like, let's not. No, nope. it well, it's successful okay? in my family because my brother had. I think I texted you about this. My brother yeah. has cerebral palsy. Yes. He loved the book. My that's, mother that's loved great. the book. It was oh, very nice. important to my family. Well,
0: your so. your family and no one else. Um, <laughs> my my remember my writing a book is a troll. Just yes. don't do it. It's really, don't do it. <laughs> uh-huh. And you get no money. And they don't know how to market you. And I remember my own like. like my own little party where I had like Jim Parsons asking me questions they like couldn't afford wine which I loved oh my god and then um, and then they called me and they were like wow great news Ryan like you sold 7,000 copies this week and I was like that's actually insane like that doesn't track for me but I love it like I don't understand it and they call me back the next day. they're like oh I'm so sorry it was 700 copies oh <laughs> and then I was like, and I was like the oh final troll I was like the final troll <laughs> After, like literally I'm like I'm done like, that's it got made insane. into a TV show so it did yes. it, it did a little one yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, yeah. true it's yeah. true
2: yes yes yeah. but yeah like LOL at like book selling what, <laughs> what What? do you think I mean one of the things that I've always found really interesting is sort of the disabled queer community and and their play place within the larger queer community, and how sometimes they're often not a part of the conversation or the narrative in terms of the rights that we should be having, or Mm -hmm. the special needs that queer people might have, Mm -hmm. or... What have you heard, just from based on the show, feedback from the show?
1: You're telling me (laughs) that in the gay male community,
2: (laughs) it's frowned upon to be. And it's not even just gay male. Oh, I'm sure. But I'm saying...
1: (laughs) No way! Yeah. I, know, yeah. Tell me yeah. more about I this. I
2: know it's crazy. Um, no, I mean,
0: like, yeah. I mean, disabled people are always ignored historically, but like, putting gay in the mix is not like I didn't. I mean, I know that when I realized I was gay, I didn't like love that for me. I wasn't like <laughs> I wasn't. That was not the combo menu like meal that right. I would have ordered off the goddamn menu. Sure. But here we are, honey. Um, you know, it's interesting. I think that uh, yeah. I think that I mean, even in terms of like handicap accessible spaces which are like few and far between like like literally it's like not a subtle thing it's like literally like they don't even expect gay men to show up that are physically disabled so they don't even make that room for them if they could even go in gay bars you know in, what I mean
2: I mean anyone who's in who, who is disabled but who also comes from a family of someone with special needs yeah. you become very hyper aware of your surroundings and access in every situation right. from like in New York I remember is Chicago surprisingly very you know handicap accessible in terms of the L and the trains, elevators and stuff, but New York is not at all. Oh my God! All.
1: I, I, am oh, sorry. Finish. It no, off. go ahead. I uh, very stupidly uh, was hired as a nanny in college to a boy with cerebral palsy, and I had no training, no understanding, no background. Was nothing. it mild or wild? Wild, mm. wild. Yeah. And um, it was a. It was such. I mean the mother the parents were awful and it was a terrible decision cuz i was a fucking dope yeah. still i'm a dope but like sure. it was just really irresponsible and um anyway with that all being said it was astounding how that how the city that you just until you're in it mm-hmm. or you know somebody who deals with it or they're mm-hmm. in your family like you said it's like you just the world is just not equipped yeah. in those ways for for that and it's kind of little life things. it's crazy it's
2: very little things that all they have <sighs> yeah. to do is add an elevator bank that works so that people can access it or yeah. have escalators or you know there's just little things
0: yeah yeah my case is like I'm very privileged. Like, I pretty much moved the world like an able bodied person in the sense that I just have a limp and it doesn't really impair me physically too much. I think the way I moved the world though is still so impacted by my disability, where like I'm so conscious of like public spaces and like moving through them. Yeah. And like, I remember in New York, it was such a troll because like every restaurant is like a two by two, like small <laughs> little hut. Yeah. And it's like you have to like move your body, like, like everyone's like 90 pounds for a reason there. Like, literally, it's like, and I just became so aware of my body and like how much I took up space and like it's just really interesting I don't think I realized it until my brother talks
2: about the same thing he would he would talk about how uh, he was embarrassed when he was a kid to walk through Walmart with my mom because he would sometimes I mean he he's able bodied he's become less you know, able as he's gotten older, but as a kid he was—he walked with the limp and he was fine. But he would sometimes run into things, or he would—he would bump into the wall or to mm-hmm. things at at Walmart, and they would fall on the ground, and it would happen a lot. And it got to the point where he didn't want to go to Walmart with my mom. And it's like these are just simple life things that we take for yeah. granted—that you don't think about having a fearness of.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of mental gymnastics yeah. that you do to get through the day and how to appear palatable to everyone around you, and a lot yeah. of like little tricks that you have and all that stuff. It's really, really weird. I didn't realize how much emotional energy that took up but until I did <laughs> yeah
3: but, so I, I also want to ask you I mean obviously on the podcast we've discussed dating apps a million times but mm-hmm. uh, you know one of the main themes of the podcast is just how kind of ostracizing and difficult and, and rejection filled dating apps can be in particular I think in the gay community which is so focused on you know quote unquote male perfection yeah and so I, I've uh, I've often wondered what is it like to use these apps when mm-hmm. uh when you have a disability and like how do you approach that how do people respond do you can cons- do you reveal it
0: to well, the conversation no see that was always a really tricky thing for me and I, there was a reason why i didn't have like a dick in my ass for 10 years i did not <laughs> yeah. date so like like i did not like because i always like was in a tricky situation where like my disability is not to me it felt like it wasn't severe enough to really like merit a disclaimer, like, of, like, hey, like, you know what I'm saying? But, like, but it
1: also felt still, dishonest. Still on not... your mind. To but, yeah, well, think about the exactly, possibility of
0: that. exactly. So, like, it just felt like it was dishonest not to say something, but it also felt like it was making it into something bigger than it actually was. Right. The twist for me, again, like, my mild case and the privilege of that brings is that no one really gives a shit. I mean, no one cares. Like, you know what I mean? It's not like, you know, the stigma that a wheelchair user would face while dating or whatever, mm-hmm. like. I, I chose to make it into this huge, insane thing. But really, like, when I got confident, I was able to, like, hook up with whoever I wanted. You know yeah. what I mean? But I, but I spent a lot of time, like, that I hate myself fair of thinking I was a gay Grendel. And, mm-hmm. like, uh, so I didn't really <laughs> I didn't really use the apps that much out of that fear. And, like, now, I, I mean, I have a boyfriend. I've had a boyfriend for four and a half years, but obviously I'm A still wonderful on the, boyfriend. Yeah, he's fantastic. But, I mean, obviously I'm still on the apps because this is America. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I am gay and I live the life that I lead. <laughs> okay. um, and I don't care anymore him. I don't mm. think about it, and like no one cares. Like mm-hmm. truly, like no one cares. That's great. You know? And if they do, like, lol, like you're psychotic. <laughs> like fuck yeah. off. Like literally,
3: yeah. lol. The joke's so, on you. Yeah. yeah. So you've you've almost never had an instance in which it, it, it was problematic. No, there was person.
0: this one time. There was this one time actually. I was like at a Metropolitan in New York, and I was about to hook up this boy, which was a huge event for me. It happened once a year. Cool. Mm. Um, well, welcome to <laughs> my world. But yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, oh wow, okay. But you, you know when you can like you're closing the deal. It's like it's a what a Rush, it's yeah. like heroin. Um, and and we were playing this game where you arbitrarily identify things as being like eighties, nineties, or millennium. And we were sorry a more interesting conversation
3: than I've ever had with a gay man, but yes.
0: Continue.
1: Wait, by choice yeah. or just was happening?
0: It was just like we just like I don't know. Like we just started talking about like like you know mini fridges are eighties, like basements are eighties. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, we were like so, we were also got just it. like because I'm like not a PC warrior princess. We were talking about like diseases <laughs> that are like eighties, nineties, you know. Yeah. And yes, so yes. Um, so so I think he like he was like oh my. god God, we were talking about, you know, epstein Bar and blah, 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 yes. like being very 80s, which mm-hmm. it is. Yes. And it's a little bit of 90s, too. A little. Sure. Uh, you know, and like shingles. <laughs> tay
2: uh, oh. oh, I'm not familiar. My like, agent for the just Jews. got for shingles. The shingles is real. Shingles is real. Shingles is real. Yeah. Scarlet fever. Literally, I was like, why wasn't my agent like returning my emails? And then like three weeks later, he's like, I had shingles. Sorry. That's apparently the most Well, that's probably not true. I know. I know,
0: right? It's probably not. Your agent told you something about Shingles, honey. Right. That, that that bitch was in Tulum. Uh, that bitch was in Tulum. If he can afford Tulum. <laughs> yeah, I honey. To oh, I, I love following my agents' on Instagram because I'm just like, really, <laughs> really. Yeah. They're always on vacation. Oh boy. Always yeah. on vacation. Yeah. Always, yeah. always going to New York <laughs> and like going to SNL taping and then like, yeah, right. you know, they like, but the battery ah! You know what I mean? Lame. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> um, it's really bone chilling. Anyway, uh, so then he said, oh, you know what's really 80s is cerebral palsy, and I was like, <gasps> and I. I just like d- my dick committed suicide like no, i just like no. literally because like, like but, but he didn't know i had it you right know what i mean so he was just like being lol but it turned out to be null you know what i mean <laughs> yeah um, did you tell him no i literally like just turtled and just went me, 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 and then it's like I, was, like I gotta go yeah and then but get babe because this is like a perfect story like four years like no two years or three years later when i was there to promote my book um i saw him again at metropolitan oh. like <laughs> people just don't leave they don't no. they, they never don't. leave it's, it's like yeah. bar, like truly right. like just like it's like like it's Coffin. Like yeah. yeah, it's yeah. like exhumed my body. Um. So then, um. Basically, uh. He, I saw him again, and I was, you know, fresh off like IFCP, like you know, screaming it from the mountaintops, mm-hmm. and I told him I was like, you know, we were, remember we we're supposed to like have sex four years ago. It's like I you said cerebral palsy, and I had cerebral palsy, and I wasn't open about it. Anyways, and he was like really apologetic, and then we made out, and it was just like great. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. felt <laughs> right. that's, that's a good full that. circle yeah. moment. Good yeah, yeah, and then a fan po- took a photo of it and like posted it online. Uh. Which I was, Obsessed with, uh, obsessed. I mean, like you guys all know, you're like public gay people. Like I truly felt always like a celebrity at Metropolitan. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I felt. I felt like Brangelina. I sure, really did. Of like, that's my demo. It's yes. a small demo, but it's, and it, it's Metropolitan. Metropolitan right. is sort of like a hipster
3: gay
2: yes. bar. Yeah. Oh, I hosted yeah, a Brooklyn. show there. Yeah, I wanted a show there for you yeah, That's oh, yeah. right. yeah. It was.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's a very fun time. Well, Anyways, speaking
2: right. of fans, <laughs> how how are people reacting to the show? Oh,
0: so positive. I was so scared. I think it's really scary to make something in 2019. Oh especially God. what you're it showing. Is. I mean, you're yeah.
2: showing gay sex in a really honest, organic, sort of thoughtful way. Yeah. Not necessarily salacious. Although it was very
1: bonerific. Right. At the same time. But it's funny. I it's like bonerific. I, I like seeing sex portrayed in a, in a, with comedy. Yeah. Uh, well, just uh, how it is. Especially for gay people. I mean, you never see that. But this is, it's really refreshing to see. I didn't write that gay sex scene. I
0: just wanted to write a gay sex scene that was just normal, like, right. like how gay sex is actually yeah. done, like yes. the mechanics of it, and how sex can be funny, awkward, like yes. sad, humiliating, empowering, all in the same span of two minutes, Correct. Yeah. which is how it is. Correct. It's yeah. a coaster, honey. Like, buckle up. <laughs> and we, I, I've never seen that before, and I just like didn't fucking get it. And then, obviously, Don't Get Me Started and Call Me By Your Name, The Pan to the Moon. <laughs> right. I mean, we are so... Oh, so wait, you, they, you
3: have, they pan to the moon right before... I haven't seen the movie yet. Right oh, before Oh, con- okay.
0: Controversial. <laughs>
1: <What>? <laughs> this is your quote about oh shit uh, tell me, uh, call me by your name okay. <laughs> the movie has more straight sex and more fruit sex than actual gay sex you're blue balling us the entire film and then they fuck and you turn away go fuck yourself <laughs> like seriously I, bring, I want to bring gay sex to the forefront in an accurate humor, human way and so I knew with this scene there wasn't going to be no panning to the fucking moon <laughs> <laughs> it's really mortifying to see your like the way you talk in press you're like yeah. uh, but hey, it's, it's real is. It was like it um, is a wild that is a wild part of a movie that is so explicitly gay, where nothing Thing Nothing, happens. Happens. Nothing, Nothing happens. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. Do we even happens. see a dick? Is there a dick no, in the movie? No, There's not no, one no, fucking dick. No, no, Nothing.
0: No. And like, I think as gay men, we're just conditioned to accept scraps. And by the way, let's just say like that movie was actually like well done. So like, of great. Course, yeah. and, sure. and no one got beaten by a baseball bat. So <laughs> victory. But <laughs> yeah, I right. think the bar, I think the bar is so low. I yeah. really do. And I think that we're just so grateful for what we do get. But I'm like, I don't ever feel grateful. I'm always like, I'm always like, no, no, like let's get there faster. I'm just an impatient motherfucker. I'm yeah. Very
2: very impatient but the impatient people are the ones that actually create the content. Yeah. that changes things
0: Yeah, I get yeah. like enraged when like something that in my life is so normalized Like gay sex has just not been presented in the way that True. I've experienced it Which I know like which to me is psychotic so like in season two I really want to dive deeper into like the world of gay sex. I want to do a storyline about topping anxiety I want to like I want to do like a real fucking thing It's a real yeah, it stuff it is.
2: Mm-hmm. one of the things that's so important. I mean, I, I I'm trying to think I mean, I'm 36 and like thinking as a kid, I can't even. I don't even remember the no, first gay sex scene God, I saw no. in a movie. Queer as folk for me. I mean, Didn't I think it probably that. would have been queer as folk for me too. Yeah, I, there was a scene
3: where someone puts a doll head in their butt. Right? Oh, that was <laughs> you saw that. That was my virgin. That was your Yeah,
0: that's yeah. your actually. Yes. That was your home
2: video. <laughs> <Yeah>. that, <laughs> that was what you called no, play acting. Imagine <laughs> like a fourteen. Uh, no, not even fourteen. A twelve-year-old a, a <laughs> kid. Because I'm thinking about when I started masturbating. A twelve-year-old kid watching your show yeah. special and seeing that sex scene and realizing that this is it's, what it looks like this is what it looks like and it's like, not porn and it's not necessarily porn and it can be loving and awkward and weird and different and uncomfortable right. but it's still okay because well, I, I had sex when i was 17 and i didn't
0: have any any i know not to brag <laughs> <laughs> don't worry she paid for it later um I uh, I had sex was seventeen and I didn't know what how to do it or yeah, sure. whatever. I remember I checked out a book from Barnes and Noble called Anal Sex Pleasure and Health, which was literally ge- ge- like geared towards straight people. Of course which like, it was. What? Of course like, it was. Excusez moi. So um, <laughs> we had sex and it was like really painful, Avi. And then it took me like four times to really like have sex to like completion. But then when I did have sex to completion, I shit on my boyfriend's dick. Mm, like I yeah. just that's what I did. Sure. And I truly thought my asshole was like legitimately broken. I thought. Right. I'm like, this must be a cerebral Broken. palsy thing. You know I i must have a disabled asshole. You know what I mean? Um, and I didn't, and, like, whatever. But, I, like, there was no resources. Like, I was Googling shit on dick, like, is right, it okay? Right, And I can't even remember if I found something, but I, anyway, she she barreled through. She, she, you know. What's amazing, by the well, way, you... is, like, I shit on my boyfriend's dick, and he was 17, and he was so horny that he literally, the way it happened was I was on my stomach, and I smelled something funny. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. I was like, babe, you need to stop. Like, that's... Whatever's happening is not good. He's right. like, no, no, babe. I'm like, almost there. So he uh, just like, he powered through uh, knowing uh, that I was shitting on It's like, he didn't care. Yeah, He was yeah. just lucky. That's He loud. was just lucky to have sex. You know, sex. it's interesting,
3: though, that, that uh, we do, you know, we tend to, you know... We tend to focus on the anal stuff yeah. Yeah. in the gay community. We don't have a ton of oh, orifices to below, choose from.
0: Blow awareness month, Brad? <laughs> okay, bitch. Okay, oral. Okay. But,
3: but I do think there is a discomfort about talking about how we also use that same hole to take shits. And yeah, I, of course. I just, uh, you know, as someone who has a lot of <laughs> diarrhea, sorry, <laughs> I am always terrified of any sort of uncleanliness. I just love Alan's response
2: very quietly. He goes... <laughs>
1: He goes <laughs> a big a big mantra. I, mm-hmm. I,
2: I know I hear what you're saying. I do hear what you're saying, but I'm also I, I also feel like <laughs> there's this back and forth of I mean I feel I'm very comfortable with my body and the things that happen with my body and how our bodies work and I, I'm very in tune with not only physically how I look and what I can and can't do, but also like where things what happen. can't you do? And by I'm, no, way. but what I'm saying is like sometimes <laughs> Can you draw for there are us? some things I can't do, and what I'm saying is like I think that uncomfort about that's also where we shit comes from not being comfortable with your body. Well,
3: that's the... well, sure, I don't look at myself in shirtless <laughs> in the mirror.
1: Well, no, but I'm just I'm just saying this. No, don't, mean, don't. that. The is the what idea. it is? I think very what he's saying you Do it part. in general. <laughs> the idea is like you don't even see. You don't see the type of stuff that literally is on special. You yeah. don't see it. It just it doesn't exist Which for anybody so to, crazy. to figure it out. It's mm. a as a gay yeah, guy. porn kinda... people
2: have uncut like the the blooper reel where it's like, oh my god, you know when the shit amazing. happens or when like <gasps> yeah. someone you know someone starts to bleed. Porn Point... bloopers Ooh. would be amazing. I haven't shit on
0: my boyfriend's dick. <laughs> I've never done that. I haven't shit in like four and a half years on someone's dick. I don't know that's what's great. happening. My asshole's doing the me dead. for. You know what? And I don't I don't douche. I think that's I think that's scary. And that's that's something I don't want to open. I think it's Opening the floodgates. So mm. if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Fair. Listen. Fair. You know mean? Sounds
1: like you don't have a lot of diarrhea.
0: <laughs> no, I don't think so. Brent
1: has an ongoing bit that is used on <laughs> me quite often, but it's the. Ad- I mean, can you explain it? Because it's better if you explain well, it. Well, <sighs> Elliot has a pretty big head. Oh God. Pretty big ego about oh. how he doesn't have to oh. douche. Okay. And this is all. This is all Brent's making. This is all <laughs> no, but, no by but that's Brent. true. But you, but you don't have to do. You don't he doesn't douche. Have to.
0: What do you mean you don't have
1: to? He's so I don't,
0: embarrassed wait, right Elliot, now. Elliot, Elliot, I don't douche either, but like that's
1: douche. Yeah, but that, I don't understand That's stable how asshole to... privilege. Yeah. That's asshole privilege. I guess that's the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's a, ma- a, a, a life, lifestyle. Check yourself. Check But chicken.
3: some of us live with Check chronic yourself. habitual diarrhea. He has chronic so, diarrhea. Oh, so okay. I have, I you know, I just, I do. But for years he's been nervous, telling me. Are you me. a nervous lady? Yeah. Yeah, she's, she's, she's nervous. Lots of anxiety. She's nervous. Lots of anxiety. Okay.
1: So, so, um... <laughs> probably IBS, I too. Dying. Pivoting away from um, butt, butt, diarrhea on dicks. Why would you ever pivot? <laughs> yeah. That? Um, yeah. So that's the my, second season that's of my special. home. That's my home. <laughs> so, anyway. um, Jim Parsons is an, is an executive producer of the show. Yeah. From Big Bang Theory. Mm-hmm. From Big Bang Theory. Yes. And you have said, um, that you, obviously, you, 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 you like Jim, of course, but you yes. said you like him because he said he can do whatever the fuck he wants, he's quietly commanding, and he's an, he's an out gay man in one of the biggest sitcoms in the country, which speaks volumes. So, obviously, it's like that in and of itself is powerful. Yeah. But I think the fact that he, um, and you can speak more to this, but the, 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 the sentiment of somebody who just lives and isn't closeted and is on a huge sitcom and plays a straight guy, it all seems to that to me is in in and of itself a powerful way of just being yeah you know he's not and Plastic, apparently it can only happen on CBS.
2: Yeah, I guess. <laughs> like Neil Patrick Harris
1: and yeah. Jim Parsons are the they're the
2: two yeah. on yeah, Network no, Television. Jim doesn't
0: give a shit. Jim's like a <clears throat> Jim's like a fringy little lawler. Like he was a like he was a theater actor for most of his twenties, so he became famous at I think 30. So the clay had dried, so that's why he's normal. Mm, you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> like no, because I asked him like Jim, why are you not a psycho? Because I was really nervous to meet him because I hate actors. Like they right. terrify yeah, me. Yeah, they're so dumb. Um too. and I don't <laughs> hang out I don't hang out with them. I'm being serious, like they yeah. scare me. Yeah, and Friends so days are
1: that's yeah yeah true. I agree it's, completely. Like it's, it's a little worst. it's a
0: little bone chilly and I will say I think like the bar is so low for them like literally <laughs> if they just act like a normal human being for two yeah. minutes yeah. two you're like oh my god they Looking amazing, yeah. like, Mother Teresa, like, what a good person, so to the Earth, yeah, and you're yeah. like, actually they just asked, how are you? <laughs> yeah, right, right, and right. then right. they went into a monologue about them, yeah. like, like yeah, yeah, ugh, yeah. anyway, but Jim is not like that, and I remember when he first got interested in it, there was, there was a couple of studios interested, and I would meet them and all that stuff, and I was so clueless, I was like 27, I was a like, story editor and on Awkward, and I didn't know anything, but I just knew that I left those meetings feeling like I met with an alien, and then with Jim, I felt like I was meeting with a normal person. Yeah, he's a real person. Mm-hmm. He really is. He's just down to earth and he doesn't give a shit he just doesn't so he let me do whatever i want and i think and but also he has powers. so like if i want to do something and someone's i'm getting resistance it's just jim we'll make a call and then that's that yeah which is
1: chic that's Mm, crazy that is super
0: you need a bodyguard honey you need a bodyguard for this brain i saw him (laughs) running
2: down los Feliz boulevard years ago (laughs) and when he passed by me i was like there's a quiet brilliance. Yeah. Uh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, he's great. Yeah. He's I've, great. I've, you know, I mean, he just, he seems, like, and I'm not just saying it just to say it, but he seems like a genuine person who mm-hmm. sort of. Found went from theater and found himself in a great job, and it just like paid really handsomely. Yeah. and he was yeah. really
2: good in that Ted Bundy movie. I love Ted Bundy, and I oh, and he, oh I didn't see that. The oh yeah, the one I with Zac Efron. Oh, it was good. It. He was very, very good. He played the lawyer. Oh, very good. I also uh, good.
3: another quote that Elliot pulled. You. It sounds like you're still obsessed with Ryan Felipe.
0: Yeah, of course I am, uh, and he looks really amazing. Ryan Felipe.
3: Yeah. I feel like he, he will had like a three year window.
0: Don't you feel like he's beat up a gay kid though? No, 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 no,
3: no, I do. He
0: has like a Mark Wahlberg. Yes, Excuse me. Yes. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You know, minute. You,
1: you know he yelled yes. back at someone mm-hmm. when he was like 15. But, mm-hmm. but, but, but he did. you can tell that he's a With good person ass, though. because yes. he was married to Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> I Her just like, want to yeah, see the dick. True. When I was a kid, I don't need to. I would, like... enough and I, 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 there's no way well, the you dick talk can live up to the ass. You talk about his ass in um, cruel, cruel Intentions. But it's the best. A big moment for you. It's life changing.
0: His ass was in every movie in the 90s. Just FYI. It was. By the way, I'm going
2: to go
1: deep. Little Boy Blue. Little Boy Blue.
2: I saw that. I owned the VHS. I needed to see the Data, what? what's like, boy, wait, what's he, he fucked in the back of a car and you saw wait, his butt.
0: Wait, wait, but. his butt all that matters. His butt was incredible there. Yeah. 54, his butt was incredible. 54. Wait, he was in White Squall? Was... He was, but his butt was not. But, okay. but, if you, but if you freeze
2: frame and you zoom in, you can see his really nice spread butt in yeah. the white underwear that's oh my wet. my God. I know. I was oh. a weird child. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I thought that's I knew intense. stuff, and then you really showed me up. I know more. You really showed me up for that.
0: Um, yeah. No. His ass is incredible, and I, it's actually kind of all that he's straight, because like, what a waste of ass. <laughs> I mean, his career's you in think in such you think a place that you was playing with his ass? P- I would hope no. that she did, but you know she wouldn't.
2: She would never stick
3: that she little know, know, up her butt. Does she, she know what she'd been given? They don't- Sleep. She's they didn't very... sleep in the same house, I'm sure. Yeah. Why? Why
1: would you say that? <laughs> they were not.
3: Brett, the
0: truth teller of Hollywood. You're like, Let me tell you something. He gets a cigarette. He's like, I know some stories. <laughs> Reese Ryan and Brian. Never lived. Was... Never said no. Never said.
2: <laughs> he was definitely important for like as a young masturbator. He was like a go to. Yeah. I had to get the VHS. Oh my god, my dick was raw it. because of him. Yeah. Seriously, yeah. Yeah. It was raw. I remember uh,
3: Jared Leto and Requiem for a Dream was my, was my favorite. Was that? Really? Jared me. is yeah. such a
1: bozo. <laughs> Yeah. He, is a bozo. he is such I a bozo. That. Wait, I couldn't he, do Wait, was he was he like incredibly skinny then? I'm yeah, assuming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, who was yours, Elliot? Who was your uh, child wank? <laughs> I pre- I pretended that I was into Brooke Shields. <laughs> no. Oh but, my but god. But for real, like oh, who was your for real yeah. guy? Wait, do you like, remember? Wank. No.
3: He he had a crush on the host of Press Your Luck. Press Your Luck. I mean that remember was that? when I was a young man. He would, kid. He would be, he was masturbating too. No, he would he right. would wear nipple clamps watching <laughs>
1: Press Your Luck. <laughs> But is Ryan that Felipe, his you're like were you positive? Ryan Felipe in uh, fifty four, whatever it was called fifty yeah. Really? four? Yeah. yeah, definitely. And Felipe? Yeah, because he was just so pretty. He was really and pretty. His, his body was incredible. I mean, yeah. he's probably be it's really so annoying it's, to hang out with.
0: It's it. not. Oh no, I'm sure he's a nightmare. But I mean, I, I I'm not even into that. It's so funny. I mean, I am into a nice ass. Trust me. But I think I'm I'm really attracted to bears. That's all I care about. So yeah. it's weird. It's off brand yeah. for me. Is your yeah. boyfriend bearish? No, honey. He's a twink. You can't Aww. help you yeah. can't help who you fall in love with.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, Ryan, uh, I don't even know what to, I mean. Yeah, Ryan. And this has you. been you, I what I, I have to I have to say something. Yeah. Like you, your brain, is so fucking funny. I've known oh, it for you. years, I've loved it for years. I've loved it's, it since Thought Catalog. It's just, I, I've always, <laughs> just... when you moved out here, I remember we had um, lunch with Julianne Smolinski at Little Dom's, like, shortly after you had moved out. Oh, yeah. And it was just, I, I was just so happy that you were here because you're so funny and this side of the country needed your brain, and, and oh, I'm and so and glad you. you're here. And that's that's a a nice thing to, to, to piggyback on that. you never said anything nice about me, Alan. well. <laughs> <I'm>
1: <laughs> I <laughs> to I piggyback you on that, a <laughs> you're like, that's nice. That's nice. <laughs> well, to piggyback on that, Generous. you know, right now in um, like culture specifically entertainment, it's like it's a good time to have a story to tell, yeah. an actual interesting story, and you know sometimes it it can be overwhelming where it's just like okay, like there's everyone's got everyone's got like a sort of some angle to take you know Mm -hmm. but special is like real it is actually special but it's real it's it's genuinely funny and it comes from an honest place which i think is what transcends it and makes it so much fun to watch because it's like yes cerebral palsy is is your um your life, you know that that is the story of you know the show. But ultimately, like it's your personality that supersedes everything. Oh, thank and just, you. And that's what makes it, I think, fun for to us. statement for everybody? Wait, just, wait, wait, wait. Well, oh, that, that's a nice. We can make say.
0: more gay things after this. <laughs> yeah, because it's really yeah. hard to get gay stuff made. It, it is. really is, and it still is today. It's not easier at all yeah. to have the the gay be the main course. Honey, we can be the burrata. We can be the crostini. We yes. can be the slider. <laughs> we can never be the goddamn wagyu steak.
2: True. Yeah, and we need to be the wagyu steak. And to have people like Jim spearheading projects like yeah. yours, and yeah. then hopefully in a few years you spearheading projects for younger queer people and that's it's, what I it's cyclical do. it has I to wanna, be cyclical I, I yeah. hope
0: I hope that I get like a modicum of power where I can help green light these other
2: queer projects well, I have this idea for a show <laughs> i
0: Ryan where I'm can people yet, follow yet, you I'm can, not there yet where
2: can people follow you on the internet <laughs> oh god um, R- uh, Ryan
0: Ocon is my Twitter handle mm-hmm. I guess and Instagram handle that's it okay and guys it. watch
2: special on Netflix yes, thank, thank, you. You. Thank, you, Ryan. thank you for being here thank you having Ryan. me And another thing
1: hey guys do you read books <laughs> get i mean honestly do you read books
2: oh my god that is the silliest question i think i've ever been asked well um, it's
1: a real thing because we i mean i feel for our generation and this is just me speaking here but i do feel you like you don't read i do read do you read yes i do alan i don't think you do i don't know i read what I'm do you her- read Yes, I do. I'm re- I don't
2: see. I don't read books.
1: See, there, Alan. See,
2: I don't get it. I don't. I mean, Michael doesn't read books either. I, I'm. I'm I with. Well, yeah. Well, Alan's the kind of guy. He goes to a bar with a book. You've done that, that's haven't true.
3: you? I've never.
1: Oh, gone to someone a bar once told me that's the best way to go to a bar to pick up guys. Oh, you don't like no. movies. I don't care about movies. That's mm. it. That's what I was. I don't not that see with. movies. I just don't care about them. Yeah. I definitely do. I do. read. I
3: literally, I've hit that point where I every time I walk into a movie theater, I look at the, I look at what's playing, and I'm like, I don't want to see. <laughs> A single <laughs> one of these. I would say like one movie every three months appeals That's to it. me. Wow. Same from like from like a Wait. like a mainstream yes. movie. But when
2: you say you don't read, you don't read books. I don't read books.
3: I buy books, but I don't read books. What do you Wait. mean? What? So I buy them, but I never read them. Or I'll read the first two Why do you buy them? I read because I think I'm gonna read them oh, and you then buy them I don't with the intention of reading, I, of reading course. them. Oh. I buy them with the intention of reading them. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: And but you read the home. news
3: and stuff. Like someone said, uh, a friend of mine who I know listens to the podcast. So I, I don't love that I'm telling the story. <laughs> but she sent me a book about Jonestown, which I loved, mm. and I. But I was reading it very slowly and diligently. It's a long one, and but I just it. it was all about Jim Jones. So I'm sorry, it was about Jim Jones, and like the last hundred pages are Jonestown. And I was like, I want to get to the Jonestown part. That's all I care about. Give me the Kool Aid. Could have
1: skipped but i can't oh, I understand that the, you do that. that's hard. The
3: way that's what happens is it? i like reading nonfiction. yeah and in reading nonfiction, you can't like uh yeah y- you could in theory skip but i'm like nope
1: you can't skip one word I- i'm with you i get that you could skip and it's but it's hard to yeah i didn't yeah. skip around i feel with like the... a, a sellout or something it's i get so it weird. No, i skipped around but i had to skip around with ladies who punch the Book about the view <laughs> mm-hmm. I had to sure. skip ahead to read about Rosie and Whoopi and then I started. yeah, start yeah, yeah. yeah I can't right? I can
2: never do that unless right. it's like a like a book
1: that is made for that like right. you how many learn books them. how many you read You read voraciously. I do. I'm a massive reader. How many books do you say you'd how long does it take for you to finish one book? Well, I mean of course it depends Various. on a lot of factors. Let's but talk like, about a, let's talk about a 300 pager. Oh, I would finish that in a week. A week. Yeah. Good for you.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, I would. I mean, I. So I, I pulled up my app here because I do. I read books. I'm. I'm a member of the Book of the Month Club, which we should get them to sponsor because uh, I love them. Yeah. It's great. That's. It's been around since 1929, and they. They made their. Their whole thing is they like discover authors that haven't really been heard of, and then yeah. they, whatever. And it's picked by editors who are smart and stuff. And um, they picked Gone with the Wind and a bunch of other great books over the years. So they're great. I love Book of the Month. Gone Club. with the Wind, like that was in a the Book of the, 20s? the Month Club. Yeah, that was a Book of the Month Club. Jesus. Um, But uh, the books that I'm – well, I finished reading – I read a lot on Kindle. Um, the couple next door. It was a great little mystery oh. about a baby who got kidnapped next door, I and don't... it turns out the father did it. But then the really the the grandfather is yeah. the one who set it all up. I don't know if we need a list. Spoiler. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no but, but, but I do think it's important to like like this is what I'm reading recently. Yeah, to show you how different it is. So like that was a fictional book. <laughs> show you but how then, different it is. But then I go. I sometimes I feel like I need to get into more nonfiction, and I right. want a real story. So I read Death in the Air about the the great fog that covered london in the 40s and then
1: like there was a, and there was a serial killer there
2: was a serial killer on the loose because he was taking advantage of the fog oh wait brent, fascinating
1: story yeah sorry brent to go back to you You, when you read you only like to read nonfiction.
3: i yeah i almost always read well the first two two uh chapters the, of non-fiction <laughs> what was the last book you read that Floyd? was my question uh I, I bought the Bob Woodward book about okay, Trump. Okay, yeah. Did uh, you finished it several months ago? Of course not. Uh, well, no.
2: What was the last book you finished? That was my question.
3: Oh, sorry. I didn't. Um, I I don't know. I don't think
1: I have. What was <laughs> the last What was the last book <laughs> probably you probably read? Something with the Malcolm last book Gladwell. That, uh, Malcolm Gladwell. That's yeah. That's, that's a good I one. Hate yeah. Him. I hate him too. He goes to my yeah. gym. Oh, um, oh, that's...
3: Okay. Uh, uh, the last book I'm... So he's seen your dong. That's what no, you're saying? No, 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 Uh The last... Hasn't? Yeah. The last no, book... Ellie, you know Elliot's the kind of guy that like struts around like with his dong oh, yeah. in a locker
1: room. Uh, the know. last book that I read was The the um, Ladies Who Punch. I'm reading a book yeah. now. <laughs> the title I forget. But I think before that I was reading Where'd You Go Bernadette. Oh, that's a good uh, one. Which was... Oh, you didn't like it, though. I didn't love it. Yeah. I didn't love it's it. It's biography about Bernadette Peters? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I jump around and I... Um, I do like to read, but I'm a very slow reader because mm. – and this is – I shouldn't admit this, but books make me sleepy.
3: Well, no, that's oh. – fa- it's just – No, that's yeah, just yeah, how it works. My mom falls asleep. This... I feel like a yeah. loser. Yeah, no, it's perfectly reasonable. Yeah, Here's, it's... Do you want to know something that I think is ridiculous? Yeah. I, even as an adult, without re- being required to finish a book like you would in high school or something for an assignment, I still get a little giddy when I flip the page – and the next page is really short. Mm. And, oh, sure. And it's I'm like, ooh, I get to go fast.
2: <laughs> yes. it's almost like you. It's almost like you get like a little vacation from reading. Yeah. You get to so, flip it really quickly. Michael Again. makes fun of me. I because I can lay on the couch. He can be working, the television's on, and I'm reading a book, and it's like I, I can I can I can understand and do all of the things yeah, that are I happening. Yeah, I can't read with music um, with
1: uh, TV, the, anything happening. Yeah, I, mean, I get real quiet. excited
2: when I finish work, and I can like lay on the couch and read.
1: Let me ask you this too: How do it's you feel stupid. about how do you it's feel stupid. about um, fonts? Will a font <laughs> I'll turn you no, on or font, off from a
2: book. I mean, I I have bad eyesight, so I have to have it large. Yeah. Um, mm. but I I can't know fonts don't really I Michael is love, is all about fonts too. You
1: are yeah, too. I can I, absolutely uh, put a, put a uh, I I tried to book.
3: read I tried to read unless it's comic sans, uh, you know? the scarlet letter in wingdings once and it oh was my a disaster. Oh my god, what a nightmare. <laughs> it was a disaster. <laughs> um uh, I guess... What books did you like do you remember the books that you
1: actually liked reading in high school? Yes. Yeah, I actually re- I also think I think something's de- uh, wrong with me in terms of like a learning disability. I think I have a learning disability that is not that I don't, I agree. I don't know what it is. <laughs> but um <'cause> my learning <laughs> comprehension was rough um oh with God. books. <laughs> Nevertheless, I love Zora Neale Neal Hurston's book. Oh, okay. I forget the name of it. Um and um I love Native Son uh, and I liked uh Faulkner's is that isn't William Faulkner. I remember reading uh
3: I remember reading the Scarlet Letter right when like fall hit, yeah, uh, in Michigan, and I and I I liked the book. It was short. Mm-hmm. I so th- I remember that being maybe one of my favorites. Uh, and I, I, weirdly enough, I thought
2: Canterbury Tales was kind of good. It's a good one. My, I was. I remember the first book I read that I actually got excited about because I understood it and it felt adult was Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Yeah, sure. I just loved it so much. I still do. I read it every year. Um, but then there were two books that one was a school assignment that I just. Wouldn't think I didn't. Li- I would like the book, and I did. To Kill a Mockingbird. It's my favorite book of all time. It's like I've yeah. read it maybe four or five times. My dog's it's like, name is Atticus. It's it's, it's just, just the best. That was a book that hit me huge as a kid. But then, are, are you pro Atticus Finch or anti? I'm pro because I think people are nuanced. <laughs> um, uh, but the but the weirdest book that probably had the biggest impact on me as a kid was. Um, I'm gonna guess it was in Oprah's book club. You know. we, yes, it was. Of course my, it my was. My teacher flunked it, the planet. It, it was. I'm going to say it. two here. There's two books. One not Oprah and one Oprah. The first one was Oprah was She's Come Undone. She's Come Undone. I knew you were going to say She's It was I knew it. And it was so, it, the book, you should read it. I read it's it. It's so impactful. I it's read like it. such an emotional story. But then um, uh, Invisible Monsters by uh, the guy who wrote Fight Club. Uh, uh, oh, Chuck Palahniuk. Yeah. yeah. Pal- he, Pal- he, that, that No, no. Mark Spitzer. Oh, no. I just made that up. That book was in Incredible. He's he's an incredible what, what writer. What was it called again? Invisible monsters. Oh, and it's okay. about. Is
1: he gay? I think he Mark is. Mark Spitzer? I no, know. Chuck Palahniuk. I have no clue, but he writes good. Um, well, no. he writes well. <laughs> do you, my last question. Sorry, do you guys have car- library cards? Oh yes, yes.
3: But I only have a library card because you get the New York Times for free. Yeah. If you have an LA library card. But
1: you can also get
2: like Kindle books and all kinds of stuff. I
3: also like watching homeless people jerk off, so I love going to the ho- oh, libraries. That's oh, that's sweet. <laughs> sweet. Yeah,
2: that's sweet.
1: What would your aunt say? Brent, what would your Aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's show?
3: Your choice of lifestyle is fine with me, but I could use less talk about shit on dicks. (laughs)
1: Uh, I know my Aunt Joanne would say, I don't know what you think was wrong with Call Me By Your Name. I thought it was beautiful. Interesting. I thought you liked it. And my Aunt Joanne. Oh, yeah. She said, I don't know what you think is wrong with Call Me By Your Name. It's beautiful. (laughs)
2: My Aunt Ann also would bring up Call Me By Your Name, and she said, I went to go see that with your Uncle Ray, and I, I just haven't been able to drink peach tea <laughs> since. I can't.
1: Ew. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan.
2: And I'm H. Allen Scott.